2: Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Oh, listeners, (laughs) remember two weeks ago when I talked about Trump and it was simpler times? What I want to talk about is how y'all are doing. And since I can't hear you while you listen to this podcast, although I'd be happy to talk to you about it after you listen, I want to tell you about how I'm doing, which is... On the one hand, I feel so overwhelmed and triggered by all the news that's been coming out about Trump and his abuse of women. It's exhausting. And I literally just by the end of the week, I was—I had planned to go down to New York to record a thing, which is a project I'll tell you about later when it actually happens. But I actually canceled the whole trip because my brain just stopped functioning after a while. I was just really curled up in myself I've been having a really hard time with it. And I'm not telling you this because I need sympathy. I'm telling you this because I imagine some of you are in the same boat. And I don't know how to talk about this without talking about myself as a real human woman living in this culture. But at the same time, I'm feeling really encouraged. (laughs) Like, bear with me. Right out of the gate when the hot mic tape from Access Hollywood came out. A number of outlets like CNN and the New York Times that have historically been really, really fucked up about covering sexual assault described it accurately and without hesitation as sexual assault. And I've seen a lot of journalists and talking heads, including Anderson Cooper, right to Donald Trump's face on Sunday night. I've seen probably the majority, at least of the media that I watch, of people get it right in terms of describing what this behavior is and what it means, and obviously culminating with that beautiful Michelle Obama speech. So I'm really encouraged, you know, I have to tell you, I've been doing this work for a long time and not very long ago, maybe two, three years ago, I don't think the coverage of this event would be as on point. So that makes me feel really encouraged and like the conversation is getting somewhere. I know it doesn't seem like it because we're drowning in violent rhetoric right now and stories of violence, but we're getting somewhere. Even seeing friends and strangers coming forward and telling their stories and the things that they are remembering right now and reliving right now. That's really hard, but at the same time we have more and more space for those women to come forward, those voices to be heard. So it's like these two very different sides of the coin that we're living in right now, one of which is a giant dumpster full of poop on fire, and the other is feeling like I can maybe see progress. You know, people say everything happens for a reason, and I happen to think that's bunk. But I do think that we make meaning out of things that happen. We can create reason for things that happen. So I think that for me, finding the teachable moment in this horror show of a story is that... And this next clip continues along those lines. I was on a show before all this horrible shit went down on a podcast called Teen Queens Radio, which is hosted by a teen counselor named Sarah Warren. And here's a little clip of that interview about how I made meaning out of my own sexual assault. What's kind of hard to talk about because I never want to say, and I certainly don't believe that it's good that that happened. It's good that he violated me because it's not right. I would much prefer to go back and have that and have never happened but one of the the ways I made meaning of the experience the way we do sometimes is you know I sort of for a while after that just shut down sexually as you might expect and then when I started to rebuild it was such a shock to my system Mm -hmm. the trauma of it it was sort of like oh all of my assumptions about the world and about my body and about sex like have been violated yeah, and so there was something sort of freeing in that. In that, I was like, "Well, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Everything is BS, as it turns <laughs> out, right?" Mm-hmm. So let me start from the beginning, and I discovered that I was attracted to women as well as mm-hmm. men. Um, mm-hmm. And I I just started being more intentional about thinking about what I wanted from sex,
3: mm-hmm. as well
2: as just wanting being wanted. So that's just one story about making meaning from trauma and oppression. I'd love to hear yours. Use the hashtag unscrewed on Twitter. I'm at Jacqueline F on Twitter. Email me unscrewed at jacquelinefriedman.com. Let's keep talking and taking care of each other. And if you want to hear more of that episode, including me talking about how I learned to orgasm, uh, my philosophy of sexual liberation, and why grieving is sometimes important to sex, I highly recommend the episode. You can find it on iTunes or at teenqueenradio.com. This week's advice question also touches on the theme of working with trauma, though in this instance, it's with power tools. I got some wise help for a listener from last week's phenomenal guest, Brooklyn Nine-Nine actor Stephanie Beatrice and writer for Amazon's Danger and Eggs, Courtney Kosak. So Jess writes, I'm 37 years old and have spent a lifetime of faking orgasms because in some way I really thought that's what I was supposed to do. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's a lifetime of movies, TV, and porn that shows women supposedly coming with the same amount of energy as an atomic bomb detonating from simply being penetrated. I know now this is not true in reality, but I've always been more concerned with my male partner's enjoyment than my own. And this has left me with a large deficit concerning my own sexual understanding. I've been able to work myself with a vibrator, but other than a couple of rogue orgasms during my 20 years of sexual encounters with another person, that's all I've been fortunate enough to experience." I've been married for three years, and after a while, I realized that this lie I've been perpetrating has started to affect our marriage. I finally said, fuck it, and just incorporated the vibrator into our bedroom. Sometimes I use it with my husband in there, and sometimes I just warm up and then invite him in. We're both sexual abuse, sexual violence survivors who so are already a bit of a mess in the sack. <laughs> you're just you. You're just where you're at. Yeah. Anyways, have noticed that we've been having more sex, better sex, and more fun, which is improving our relationship. Excellent. My problem is this, I still feel guilty somehow about the fact that all my orgasms are coming from the vibrator and not my husband's body. This is all my problem. My husband is not weird at all about this. Rather, he told me, I don't think I understand, but if it feels good, go for it. So I'm not dealing with one of those insecure men who are using sex as a means of control. I'm lucky to have an intelligent and considerate husband, and I'm lucky I'm finally starting to come into my own in the bedroom. How do I let go of this lifetime of psychological bullshit and putting other people's thoughts and needs who aren't even in this fucking marriage when I really think about it above my own to other women feel like this?
0: Yeah, she's, like, articulating the whole problem at the end. So she's close. You're like, you're almost there, honey. Like, you know that these other people have no room in your bedroom. And that you've been hugely impacted by the society that you grew up in. And that you have, like, this amazing partner who is not threatened by your vibrator use. Just that kind of, like, openness might lead to more. Well, he said, I don't understand it, but. What did he say? He said, I don't think I understand
2: it, but if it feels good, go for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't need to understand it. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't understand it. It's not really about understanding it. Like, I don't know why it feels good to me to, like, I was just going to say something really graphic and then I'm going to back up off of that. (laughs) Um, You know, like, some of the stuff that I like, I don't really know why that feels good to me. And I could spend some time unpacking it. You know, maybe if it was, like, hurtful or violent to me, then maybe I would spend more time unpacking some of that stuff. But most of the stuff that I like that I think is, like, quote, unquote, weird, I just like it. And it's not hurting anybody. So I'm, I don't need to unpack. I don't need to understand it. I just need to communicate to my partner that I want right. to do that. And there's some stuff that I like that I know why I like it. And mm-hmm. it is messed up a little bit. And mm-hmm. well, it's okay, like Steph said, as long as it's not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. She is so almost there, right? Yeah. Yeah. She already understands it all with her brain. My therapist once told me this thing where, like, there are four stages of changing a sort of behavior or attitude. You start with, like, unconscious incompetence, which in this case was, Uh like, faking orgasms and feeling like that's the only way to be, right? And then you move into, like, the most awkward stage, which is conscious incompetence, where you know maybe you want to stop faking orgasms, but you can't sort of deal with it and so you keep faking them right and then there's conscious competence where if you concentrate hard you can do it a healthier way so she told her husband and they're working with the vibrator but it all still feels really artificial to her right like she's trying to change her mind about it but her mind she doesn't actually feel different yet and then you move if you stay there long enough you do move into unconscious competence where the new behavior or attitude just feels natural I really think she's almost there I think it's you're just uncomfortable right Right now the other thing i would say right. though is you didn't bring up fingers or tongues like i don't know if you're just trying via his dick yeah. and nothing
0: else but like that's what i was gonna say i was like you know fingers are <laughs> a jam yeah <laughs> i mean I'll, sometimes penetration with a penis feels really great and will lead you to orgasm. and sometimes actually it will feel better if you flip on your knees and let him get at you with, your, with his hands from behind oh yes and even for her like personal playing like but that some of that might be related to either one of their sexual trauma. So that's the part that we don't know a lot right. about. The thing that I would say to her is think about you. Think about you. Because, like, I will share a really personal <laughs> story. Like, I'll share part of it. I think, like, for a long time, I when I was with a partner, I sort of would, like, almost, like, decide that, like, my body was theirs. Like, oh, I only share this thing with you. So it's your, uh, yeah. it's, like, almost like your property or something, you know? Yeah. Which is a societal thing. Yeah, and it's not their property. Your body is your property. You get to decide all the things that make you feel good. I would suggest taking a couple times when they have sex for her to just be like, me, 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 what feels good to me, yeah. what feels good to me. And like have that as a rolling mantra in her head versus like, what should I do for him right now? Is he getting enough? Like, mm-hmm. And talk about it beforehand. To be like, I really want to try this thing and just see like what happens if I just... Think about how I feel and what feels good to me, you know? I had a
2: therapist who recommended thinking about touch, like, sexual and and other kinds of touch in terms of, like, taking or giving like, am I taking this touch from you because I really want to touch you this way? Or am I giving you this touch because I think it'll make you feel good? Sometimes it's both. Oh. Right. These, and then the other dichotomy is allowing or receiving. So like allowing is like, yeah, it's okay. If you want to do that to me, yeah. I don't oh, mind. Right. Totally. But receiving is like, yes, I like it. I want to receive it.
0: If you really tune into that, it's it becomes so clear so
2: fast. So like focus more on taking and receiving and maybe really consciously think right now we're not doing giving or allowing because you need to focus on what actually genuinely your desires are and what feels good to yeah you. right we
0: already put in the time on giving and allowing so it's time for you honey yeah yeah and PS, like a lot of us introduced other things into the bedroom to help with orgasms or, like, oh, it's yeah. depend on the day. And to make like, it fun, and, like, there's nothing to feel guilty or, like, like judge yourself Tuesday, about. Tuesday, yes, penetration probably orgasm. <laughs> say, no, we needed a vibrator. Thursday, I didn't have one at all, and it still felt really good yeah. to have sex with you. There's not one way to do this thing. There's all sorts of ways to do it. The guilty feeling, like, there's not room for that. You don't owe your partner that, that. yeah, you don't owe, no, no.
2: Yeah, you're. he's not less of a man if... His penis doesn't make you have an orgasm. Most women don't come from penetration. Some do, yeah. but most don't. Most or women not every time, and like that's okay. However, you are is great. Like is is you, yeah. and that's great. Yeah. So, I think Cor, it was you who said like in the beginning, like you're almost there, right? I think that you're just yeah. in an uncomfortable place right now where you're you've changed your mind about something, but your feelings haven't caught up. And I think maybe right, okay. you also just need to give it a little patience.
0: That so he's actually telling you the truth when he says that, like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, that's all you really have to work off of is what other people actually just say to you. you can't like make yourself crazy being like, oh, but like, maybe he's saying that, but like, I don't know if yeah. that's how you actually feel. No, he said it to you, so work on that, Work work on that assumption until you hear different.
2: Yes, such great advice from Stephen Cord. And there's plenty more where that came from on their show, Reality Bites, Bites with a Y, which you can find on YouTube and on iTunes and all over the social medias. I highly recommend you check it out. And if you would like to get some sex or sexuality advice from me and a future guest, email me your question to unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. You can also send it as an audio file so we can play your voice on the show. We'd love to help you out. That is all we have time for this week. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. You can subscribe in iTunes, Acast Stitcher, wherever podcasts are available. while you're in iTunes? give us five stars, give us a couple sentence review. I know I say this every week, but it really, really matters. That is how you help us find new listeners. You move us up in the ranks and it makes us more easily discoverable when people are looking for a new show to listen to. As always, you can keep the conversation going on Twitter. I'm at Jacqueline F, J-A-C-L-Y-N-F. Use the hashtag Unscrewed so other listeners can join in. This show is produced and edited by yours truly. Our In N Out music, which is kicking in right about now, is by The Pink Tiles. And our cover art is by Nicole DeDonna and was produced in collaboration with The Establishment, which also produced the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives.